What's going on, guys? Zane here with Everything Vive. Got another episode for you. So this week, Ronnie's actually out of town, and uh, I'm actually going to switch it up. So we're going to do the interview first. Uh, this is our Tuesday episode, and today we have Kevin Lovegren from Whirlybird Studios, and they're the team that brought us VR Diner Duo. And if you have not tried it yet, it is a local multiplayer game. Uh, the person in the headset works as a chef. The person on the computer is the waiter. And it's a it's a really fun collaborative game. It adds so much to the social element of VR experiences, especially for, for party atmospheres. And so uh, if you haven't tried it, make sure you check it out. There's a link in the uh, show notes to Steam. And Kevin and I get into it. Unfortunately, Ronnie is, uh, like I said, out of town. So it's just Kevin and I. And we, we talk about the inspiration for the game, how it came about, how the team came about, and uh, we, we even chat about the, the Swedish uh, VR scene, which I think is really cool, and it's awesome to see so many cool titles coming out of there. But if you tried the game out, then you already know how much fun it is, and uh, sh- this should give you a little behind-the-scenes look at uh, how it came about. So without further ado, let us jump right into it. Kevin, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Oh, of course. Uh, very excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, you are behind the game VR Diner Duo, part of the Whirlybird Game Studio. Is that correct? That is correct. Cool. So uh, VR Diner Duo, I, I already gave a, a little intro for it, but I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about how the game came about, uh, maybe your role, because I understand you're the CEO, so uh, maybe talk about the team, if there's a team, or if, if you are working on your own. Um, yeah, just I'm really curious how the game came about. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm a, I am studied, studied uh, game development for a couple of years, and I felt like I want to try my hand at making a game that can sell. Um, and... Uh, Right about that time, uh, I heard about uh, VR and uh, the VR bubble uh, kind of went big. So uh, I um, thought about making a VR game, and uh, I've always been—I have always been uh, pretty big on the gameplay aspect. And so I wanted to make something that was fun, uh, and it didn't have to be super pretty. And so, um, so I started prototyping on a lot of different games, uh, but I I got stuck on this prototype that uh, was the beginning of Dino, uh, since it had this local multiplayer, which I thought was uh, really cool. Uh, and I had, had I, uh, I didn't see any other games that did that uh, at the beginning of the VR games. And so it was fun to make something kind of unique. Uh, and uh, so I started uh, developing this game, uh, and I started posting like gifs on Reddit and uh, other forums, uh, and then I got contacted by uh, uh, my teammate uh, Oso, who I hadn't met before, but uh, who liked my game and wanted to cooperate and work with me. So uh, we talked a bit, and then uh, uh, we started working together, uh, and it was uh, really uh, I was really lucky actually. Because uh, I'm a programmer, so I do uh, a lot of the coding and uh, designing of the game. <clears throat> but uh, I don't have a lot of experience in uh, like graphics or music. Uh, but Ozu uh, or Robin uh, had a lot of experience in both music and graphics. So 
he did all those parts uh, of music, sound effects, and models and textures. While I, I just uh, could focus on coding and designing the game. Uh, and then I had some help from my uh, girlfriend with uh, some PR and uh, uh, yeah, things like that. But mostly it's me, just me and Robin making the game. Very cool. So, um, I, well, I have so many questions, but let's, since you brought up Robin, um, how, yeah. how, how did you guys meet? I know you said you were, you were posting GIFs on Reddit, but I, I guess, how, how does that come together? Because uh, a lot of the people on the show are actually aspiring developers or people that want to get into it. So, you know, was there a way that you guys networked um, or was it just a matter of you taking the time to put uh, your ideas out there and finding someone who who felt passionately enough about them to to get them. I, I'm I'm just curious how that how that relationship kind of built or that business business partnership kind of built. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, so when I began developing the game, I uh, since I uh, studied this uh, game development, uh, I went to a school and there's a lot of other game developers uh, studying there. So. I asked around for someone, uh, for people to work with, but I couldn't find anyone uh, because it's kind of a big risk to like, yeah, I'm making this game and I can't pay you, but I want to work with you, like this kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People, people don't I really understand. like that. <laughs> so uh, no one was really interested. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, well, I, I guess I tried this alone. Um, so I started working on this alone and got a. Uh, working prototype, uh, and uh, as I said, I posted some GIFs, uh, and uh, Robin contacted me on Reddit. I was like, yeah, I do music and graphics, uh, I would like to work with you. I've uh, worked on a similar game uh, that he had worked on with a friend, uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, and I was very skeptical, because like this random dude is contacting me on the internet. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I wasn't a fan <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure I that's said always kind of kind of scary and creepy, right? <laughs> nah, not really. But uh, oh. um, I have experience from uh, starting up a lot of projects, and then people are bailing after a week or two. Ah, so okay. uh, it's difficult to find someone that actually has the motivation to complete a game. Uh, like, yeah, uh, and also have the possibility to, uh, like, financially work on a game without a uh, big pay right away. Uh, gotcha, okay. But yeah, so I, I told Robin that, like, no, I don't want to work with you unless you live in Sweden, because I want to uh, meet you in person, uh, so I know who you are, because I didn't just want to be, like, strangers. Uh, and then he started writing to me in Swedish, like, yeah, but I live in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so, it worked out great, huh? Yeah, so I gave it a shot, and uh, it has worked great, actually. So, so this is this is, I guess, a minor digression, but uh, you know, we've spoken to actually several developers in Sweden, and it seems like the the game development or just development community over there uh, is is pretty strong. Uh, would you would you agree with that, or uh, maybe it's just random for us that we've spoken with several developers who've come out with pretty great games uh, that all tend to reside in Sweden? But uh, would you say that there's a strong community there? Yeah, yeah, I, I will agree to that. Absolutely, uh, I have a lot of friends from the Swedish uh, developer community, uh, and I think it's great. Uh, but it's like when you're studying uh, game development, like in that city I was studying, there's a lot of game developers. So you meet a lot of people, uh, and there's also like uh, 
studios that uh, uh, that are created there, so you can meet actual studios that makes games. Uh, I, I studied in a city called Skövde, uh, and there's uh, studios like Coffee State Studio, who's made uh, Goat Simulator. Ah, there okay, is okay. Uh, Stunlock Studios uh, that has made Battle Right, uh, for example. Uh, okay. I, stu I studied uh, in the same class as uh, one of the developers on um, Cluster Track. Uh, <laughs> so, it, so it's it's a it seems like a very tight knit community. Like, what I guess I'm just curious why why is that so? Um, is it is it because of the fact that there are a lot of somewhat established studios already that people are able to, you know, study and then build those connections? Or I, I'm just curious how how the community has grown in the last. Uh, you know, uh, five to ten years, and especially now with VR development. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think it has a lot to do with the studios, uh, like the, the established studios, like Coffee State Studio. They are working uh, very hard on helping newer studios, and uh, there's uh, help from the like government or stuff that helps uh, you start uh, new studios and uh, give you a lot of yeah help with that stuff. Uh, uh, and yeah, the, I guess that helps. But also, uh, there there are a lot of I don't know. It feels like there are a lot of gamers in Sweden, and it's pretty easy to uh, talk about and find other people with similar interests. Um, so I don't know. People are nice about it. <laughs> well, no, very cool. I mean, well, to the country of Sweden, all developers there, please continue coming out with great games. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's let's get back to VR Diner Duo. It's um, yeah. like like you were saying in terms of its uniqueness at, at the time when it came out a couple months back. It, it definitely was probably one of the most polished games in terms of um, utilizing local multiplayer. And uh, I, I remember when I first booted it up, it was I, I was actually surprised at just how smooth everything felt um, and how not not that I was expecting lag or delay, but but being able to see on the computer screen through the, uh, I guess, the PC player's perspective, the movements in almost like a, you know, quick one-to-one -one ratio of, of of what was happening. Uh, well, I guess for, for both sides, pe people in the headset and in, in, on the computer screen, um, it, it was really impressive to see just how that had come together because I hadn't really seen another game that had done something like that. So uh, like you were saying, you, you went down this route of doing local multiplayer. Um, have you ever created anything for VR that wasn't local multiplayer, or was this kind of your first foray into virtual reality development? Uh, I, this is like my first big thing in uh, virtual reality, but I started making some prototypes before that that didn't have local multiplayer, uh, that I just put out for free, but it was more like very small demos. Uh, to, it, it was mostly for me to get comfortable working in VR uh, and learning the tools uh, and, what, and whatnot. So, uh, it's hard to define if I made something <laughs> other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I made some small prototypes before uh, without uh, this local multiplayer thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, but, I, I, uh, I guess I was just yeah. curious what, um, what, what challenges maybe that local pro multiplayer presented to you. Because I, I want to say out of, oh, okay. out of all the developers we've, we've had on the show, I think this is the first one that really really took that local multiplayer um really really went hard on that local multiplayer aspect so i'm just curious what what challenges maybe uniquely that you ran into in doing that 
Yeah, so one thing that I think is uh, different uh, when I made the game is uh, I started, uh, or I designed the game for the multiplayer. Uh, that was my main game mode. Like, uh, the game is playable in single player, but uh, I didn't design it for single player. Uh, I made the game so it would be uh, for two people to play. And then I kind of added the single player uh, into the game. Uh, so often it's the other way around. Like, you, you make a game and you make it so one player can play it, and then you add a multiplayer. But I made the game for multiplayer, uh, which I guess helps a lot. Uh, and that's why the multiplayer part feels polished or uh, well-developed. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, some challenges with the local multiplayer, I would say, was uh, part is performance, because you have uh, several cameras in the game, so there's a lot of things that need to be displayed at once. Uh, and VR already have two cameras, one for each eye, so adding... Uh, even more cameras to the scene uh, takes a toll on the performance. Uh, also, there's um, it's uh, I made a game in Unity and uh, mm -hmm. getting the cameras to work as I wanted them to, like having one thing show on the screen and another thing in the VR headset, it was a challenge before at first because uh, at the time no one. No one else really had done it, or I couldn't find information from anyone else how they did it. So I had to experiment a lot myself uh, to find, uh, find out how it worked. Uh, but after I got that correct, uh, the rest was actually pretty easy, I would say, uh, in the multiplayer aspect. Gotcha. Okay, so... Just to clarify, and I apologize if this uh, is... I, I'm, I'm pleading complete ignorance when it comes to the, the development side, but um, when it comes to cameras, are you referring to uh, what like the computer player sees? Because I, I know you said there's two cameras in the headset already, so when, when you're talking about like additional cameras, would that be like the, the viewpoints that the person with the keyboard is, is seeing and how they're able yeah. to manipulate that camera? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in VR design, uh, like, there's uh, three cameras when you're playing multiplayer. It's two uh, for the VR player, one for each eye, so you can see in 3D. And then there's one extra for the computer player that's uh, like uh, above the waiter's robot. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, um, what... Yeah. What what were some of the or what was some of the inspiration behind like the design for for the characters? Because uh, it's just got this really fun feel to it. You know, the characters uh, for for lack of better words, they they just look cute. Like everybody kind of coming in and walking around. It's it, it's very. Uh, I I don't want it to sound bad. Like it's cartoonish, but in a way that has this like fun feel to it. You know what I mean? And, and I don't, was that more you or more Robin that was focused on that? Um, I, I would say there's a lot of thought behind it uh, that I have uh, or had uh, when I told him what to do. Uh, and then he has had made his own personal style to it. Um, but uh, we, in the beginning, when I started showing We Are Designed to Do, and uh, also now, but less now, uh, we got a lot of uh, criticism because it uh, looks a lot like Job Simulator. Uh, and I, I know about it, it's nothing wrong with it, but uh, there's a reason uh, that we use robots uh, or floating robots, uh, and it's 
since we were only two per, uh, person working on it, I wanted to avoid making animations for mm -hmm. the game. Uh, so to avoid making a lot of animations for the characters, we decided to have something simple, like floating robots. Um, and that was something I made quite early uh, in the prototypes. Um, and it kind of stuck with this, with this theme, with this futuristic theme. Uh, we also wanted to make the game very kid-friendly, so that's why it's kind of cartoonish. Uh, and we wanted to make the characters look cute. Uh, and so, uh, so the whole family can play. Uh, a lot of the game is designed so uh, everyone can play basically without being scared or something like that. <laughs> no, that's uh, that. I mean, that's actually a great point. I think one of the other things too that that we should mention in terms of of allowing you know younger younger children to play is the fact that you can raise and lower the the countertop, correct? Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, that that was something I tried to implement quite early uh, and I, I thought a lot about it because it's quite unique to VR to have to physically uh, customize it to each person and since I wanted a lot of different people to play it uh, I had to uh, make it so uh, everyone could play with the same uh, uh, with the same standards gotcha no I, I it's so it's definitely been a it was definitely a nice change of pace and very refreshing uh, when the game came out. And I, I remember, you know, it just since VR is so new for for a lot of people, you get you get something like the Vive, and you immediately want to show it to your friends. You want to show people who come over, but it's it's also a very uh, a solo experience because you know you can't really interact. And so it it was nice having a game where people could come in or, or an experience where people could come in and try both. Um, or, you know, the people watching could also be very much a part of that. And so not, not that all the other local multiplayers are, are like this, but what I really like about uh, VR Diner Duo was the cooperative nature of it. Um, you know, there, there are some, some games where you have VR player versus a keyboard player. And yeah. so this this was just a nice one where you know there's there's a cooperative nature to it, and I know I know there are other ones out there, but I felt like this one really utilized the vibe to a full <clears throat> excuse me the the vibe to its like full potential. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, reasons why it is like this. Like I wanted to make a cooperation game since I play a lot of uh, games with my girlfriend, uh, so we like cooperation games, and I've always felt it's there there aren't enough co-op co games. Uh, so when I started making my own, I wanted to make it a co-op. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I have a very strong emphasis on uh, communication in this game. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because I think like uh, most games gets, uh, that you play with your friends is, is funnier the more you have to scream at each, at each other. <laughs> <laughs> very, so. very much so. Uh, I took a lot of inspiration on that part from uh, the game "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes." I was just thinking about that uh, as well. That, yeah. So that, that's that's another fun one. But like like I was saying, uh, since you're using like an Xbox controller uh, or a gamepad controller, it doesn't utilize the vibe to the fullest. It doesn't for for me like it doesn't make it doesn't make use of VR as much. And, and you know nothing against "Keep Talking Nobody Explodes," but you could actually play the game on a computer and just have people around you. Uh, you know, on like a computer screen and just have people around you with, with the sheets. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be in VR. But I, I know that they've recently talked about 
um, or they, I think they recently updated and maybe are implementing that. But what I really liked about VR Diner Duo was just the simple fact that like, you know, you're standing up, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, you get to use the controllers, you get to move around the space. Um, and it's just, there's just such a, such a nice feel to it. And I just felt like it, it really utilized the, the mechanics of the Vive. And then also, you know, the, the new, at the time, the very new idea of local multiplayer, uh, was just such a fresh, fresh kind of change of pace for, for people who had been playing, you know, just these single player experiences. So I'm um, really, really glad that you were focusing on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad people have enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really glad about that. So, <laughs> yeah, <Good>. I, <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, just people screaming at each other there, there is, I mean, it's 100% cooperation. I mean, you can say that about the other games as well, but <laughs> you know, they, like you can't, you can't succeed on on your own. There's no there's no carrying the team one person yeah, or the other. No. Like you you really have to work together. And I I do like that because it has made I guess you know uh, virtual reality parties or gatherings or you know when it, with people they're much more lively now. <laughs> you know yeah. um, because there's this sense of of cooperative nature to it. Um, so I I guess I wanted to transition to. Uh, what the future looks like. Um, I know VR Diner Duo yeah. is is, uh, is out and you guys are obviously, um, you know, enjoying the fact that people are enjoying it. Uh, but I'm just curious for for Whirlybird Games, for for you, for Robin, um, are there are there next steps? Are there next things that you guys are focusing on or something that you're focusing on? Um, would it be within VR Diner Duo or are there other projects that you're, you're considering now? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, first of all, uh, while uh, like I developed uh, Dime Duo in about half a year with Robin, uh, and during that time I worked on it uh, full time. So I put a lot of my own savings into developing the game, uh, and uh, soon after the release I started working part time. So I'm only working part time on uh, on game developing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have uh, just started uh, on working on a PlayStation VR port for VR Design to Do. So that's our first uh, thing we're working on uh, next. Gotcha, uh, okay. And, I so, know, and this is available for, for the Oculus Touch as well too, right? Yeah, uh, through Steam. So I've added support for the Oculus Touch controllers, but it's not on the Oculus Home. Gotcha. Well, yeah. was, it, was it difficult? Um, kind of transitioning that into a cross-platform title or was, I, I guess I, I know we've, we've spoken to several developers who have gone through that process uh, since the touch came out in December. Uh, I guess I'm just curious from your perspective with, with local multiplayer, was that any different? Uh, yeah, not uh, necessarily because it was local multiplayer, but uh, it's, it was uh, a bit messy <laughs> to <laughs> make everything correct. Uh, it was. Uh, it, uh, I think it's kind of good now, but it took a couple of tries to get it right, uh, and I've updated it several times to uh, change it to uh, the, yeah, fix the problems that people had. Uh, when I started working on the game, uh, I'm using a toolkit that's called uh, the VR toolkit um, for in Unity gotcha, uh, okay. that I know a lot, a, lot, a lot of other games are using. Oh, we've, heard, uh, and it's we've basically, heard great things about that, actually. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it basically lets you, uh, it, it gives you a lot of tools to use the, in VR development. And since I started 
uh, in before the summer uh, of 2016. Uh, it was I used a quite an early version of the toolkit, and then I didn't really update it through development. So when it came to uh, because when I released the game, uh, the person who worked on the toolkit had updated the toolkit to to uh, work with Oculus, but I hadn't updated it. So I had to manually myself uh, implement the Oculus Touch controller. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, so it was maybe a bit more work than it needed to be, uh, because <laughs> if you start developing a game right now, you can pretty easily get... Uh, a lot of platforms covered with just one toolkit or, uh, or one API or so, but uh, yeah, it, okay. it, 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 it wasn't a super big challenge, uh, but uh, it wasn't super easy either. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you were, you were doing this uh, obviously when, when it was still very fresh. So, you, you know, kind of yeah. like the trailblazer for it. Other people who follow now have, have tutorials and guides, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. I think that was part of it. Like, it gets easier with time, mm -hmm. uh, but since everything was so new, it was kind of challenging. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. So, so what? Um, I guess looking at PSVR now, uh, how different is that from Oculus and 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 the Vive? I mean, I know it's it's not PC based. So, like, do you anticipate? you know other challenges there have you looked into it or is that just kind of something that you're you're looking to get to at some point yeah i i haven't really uh, gotten a lot of time working on the psvr jet um, so i have some worries about uh, <laughs> the challenges that might occur but i'm not sure if they will i hope that a lot of things will go smooth uh, and there's some things i know that this must I must fix this, and I must 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 change this. Um, and there are some things that I might have to fix this, or I might have to change this. And I, I know there will be a lot of things that uh, are that I don't even think about that I have to fix. Uh, but right now, I'm not sure how long it will take or how difficult it would be, uh, since it's a new console that I haven't worked on before. It's a lot of information to take in and learn about. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's very fun so far working on it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. It's it's different, but I think like in theory, my game or the Dynadoo works pretty good uh, for the system because basically the biggest change from the touch or the Vive is uh, you can't move around as much or turn around as much. But Dynadoo works kind of fine standing still and. Um, you only have to rotate like 90 degrees to the left or 90 degrees to the right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I have to fix with the uh, recipes uh, so you don't have to look back. Uh, but yeah, so well, theoretically, well, I think the game will work pretty good. I feel like in some of the single player modes, you kind of have the recipes up front or sometimes they're <laughs> on the counter. So wouldn't that uh, be somewhat of a solution? Yeah. Yeah, I did that as an update a couple of weeks ago, I, since oh, a lot okay, of okay. players uh, suggested it. So I added like smaller version of the recipes, uh, and I will try to improve on that for the <laughs> PSVR port. So, so you know, you know what? Like, I, I I'll admit, not that it was annoying, but having to look back around uh, obviously took extra work than having it there in front of you. But yeah. to me, that that like I mean, that's that's what VR is all about. Like being able to like look 
around as if you're in an actual room. You know what I mean? Um, and so uh, it's, like I said, it, it, it was just such a nice touch and I know it's extra work, but um, yeah, it's uh, not, not that PSVR is going to have it easier, but they're going to have it a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of reason. So I wanted to utilize the space uh, around you. That's why I put some things behind you. Uh, also, I wanted to make it uh, so the game could be played on your minimum play area for the Vive, which is like two times one and a half meters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why I had quite a small kitchen, uh, and I wanted to keep it that way. So I crammed a lot of things into that small area, uh, and I wanted—I didn't want it to to make it messy. That's why I didn't have the menus in front, uh, and I also felt like. Uh, if you play a few levels, you probably remember the recipes after a while, or it's like kind of the skill thing where if you get better, you can remember them and you can do it faster and don't have to look back. Yeah, no, um, that, and that's that's definitely one. As you get more experience, you do that. The, the thing that would throw me off all the time is the specials because those would change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I, uh, during the early prototypes, I didn't have any recipes. Uh, every order was randomized. So oh, wow. okay, <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, and th then you had like this. You have to have super good communication because you had to tell exactly each ingredient. Uh, oh my and gosh! Had, uh, and it was pretty hard <laughs> to remember everything. So uh, I don't know how well known this is, but like if you beat the the last level in the game or the first level, you unlock ten bonus levels. Uh, so it's like ah, from okay. well. thirty one to uh, level forty, and level. 36 to 40 uses this mechanic where every order is randomized. Oh, uh, so you can still implement okay. it in the like, final, final bonus levels. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, I think I've made it up to level, I want to say 27 or 28. Uh, and that was yeah. maybe just like last week or so. That's, that's the highest I've been able to go up without, <laughs> without the customers screaming and yelling at me. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it gets good. It gets quite difficult. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I because I, I remember hearing like that the the difficulty curve, you know, as you get to the the tougher levels, like actually increases quite a bit. And so, like, I started to notice that, and I was like, I'm like sweating in there trying to get everything going. <laughs> it's, it, but you know, it's okay. So, so there's there's extra levels. So for anyone who's who's almost there to to level thirty, is that correct? If you yeah. be, if you beat level thirty, you're gonna get ten bonus levels. So. And then we have the winter levels that I added, uh, like in an update around Christmas, yep, uh, and yep, that's, that's also cool. like ten levels, I think. Very cool. So, are you planning on on adding more to the game as you go along, or is this will this be? I, I guess I'm just curious. Like, when when do developers, you know, say like, okay, I'm done, I'm done with this game, and then maybe focus on the next one, or how, how does that process work for you? Yeah. So I said like after release, like I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done, um, but we got quite. Uh, since a lot of people liked it, we we felt like yeah, we can do some extra things. So we did a, a winter update, um, and we're quite happy with it uh, because it was a fun thing. But we're not planning on adding any other like expansions or more ingredients or more levels or things like that. Uh, I am planning on. If someone notices a bug or can't play it, I, I'm trying to update the game and keep it alive and help people with uh, with it. Uh, so I might update the game with bug fixes and stuff like that, but I'm not planning on adding any more content to the game right now. 
Gotcha. Uh, no, I, I, which, I, I did see those updates, like those patch fixes and things like that. So I'm, I'm yeah. sure people are definitely appreciative of the fact that you're, you're still very much involved with the game. Yeah, yeah, I try to be. But uh, as I said, I work part time on it, so I don't have the time to actually add a lot of things, even if I wanted to, do, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But I'm trying to look forward and plan for uh, future events more uh, because I can't get stuck with this game forever. <laughs> you know, of, of course. Well, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough de decision as a game developer to know when you're finished with a game and when you need to keep going. No, yeah, it's it's well for any any creators out there, like it's it's tough to say, okay, I'm done. But you know, it's at some point that moment will come for you, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll all yeah. be very happy with with where the game has landed. But I guess just moving moving from what you just said, or moving on to what you just said, um, has this inspired you, or at least motivated you to continue VR development? Um, I, I guess on your own, or or with you know maybe another studio or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, continue developing. Uh, I am, uh, but like right now, I'm uh, as I said, I'm uh, just working on Dynado, uh, making the finishing touches and trying to port it to more consoles. Uh, and after that, I'm uh, I will definitely keep going with the game development in some way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, no. We Definitely looking forward to, to, you know, whatever cool ideas you got coming out next. <laughs> um, so just a, a couple more questions, uh, if you don't mind. I, I do want to be respectful of your time. Uh, yeah, it's no problem. But let's, uh, let's talk about uh, just VR in general now. And this is a question I, I love asking to, to developers like yourself, just because I feel like you have, you know, a unique perspective on, on the industry, uh, more so than people who just bought a Vive or Oculus or PSVR. Um, yeah. But it's it's more so like you know as as a developer, what is one wish that you have for the future of VR platforms? And uh, the hypothetical that I usually give is like if you were the CEO of of HTC or Oculus, um, you know what what is the one um, what is the one area you'd want to focus like the company's time, energy, resources, all that? And and this doesn't necessarily need to be related to VR Diner Duo. This could just be virtual reality in general. That's a difficult question. Uh, I'm really, I, I guess I really look forward to the cordless uh, or wireless uh, things for VR. Uh, I think that's a huge step. Yep, yep. Uh, as far as development goes, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, like the, the uh, Vive recently uh, announced this those uh, discs or things you can attach to things yeah, uh, what, yeah like, I, I don't know what they called but you know what trackers, I'm talking I about yeah. yeah the trackers I think as a, from a developer standpoint I think that's a terrible idea <laughs> really <laughs> Since, okay I, I, I mean uh, I'm actually curious to get your perspective because as, as someone like who doesn't know exactly how that's going to be implemented you know or as, as, a, as a general consumer yeah. like myself like how what are the ideas that developers have for it now it's, it's cool in, in uh, theory but you know how how would that work? Or I guess what's yeah, what's your but, opinion? But like it's it's cool and it can work really really well. But uh, what's I'm worried about is like every game uses uh, a separate object. So to play each game, you have to get a thing or buy a thing or something to actually be able to play a game. Uh, and as a developer, I want to reach out to as many as possible, and I don't want to limit myself to like you need this object to play the game if you understand my 
point. Yeah, no, I uh, do. So that's kind of a worry uh, with that kind of uh, development. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work because, uh, like now we have we have a couple of controllers, and I mean the Vive controllers and the Oculus controllers are similar enough that there's not a lot of changes you have to make to a game to be able to play it with both, which I think is great. Uh, and it's the same with the PlayStation VR. They are similar enough that you can just change, uh, tweak a couple of things and mm -hmm. you'll be able to play it on the PS, the VR. Um, so I'm kind of worried how the development of different controllers will affect different games and limits. Because right now I want to see... Uh, I think VR development needs to be more open. So like every game that comes out to the Oculus needs to be playable on the Vive and uh, vice versa. Uh, so I want a lot more games uh, being divided between the consoles. Uh, I think that's a very important part as a developer uh, and also for VR, VR as a whole. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can definitely see what you're saying with the trackers. It's it's going to bring up more barriers uh, for people to get into certain games. And I mean, you know, if, if a game is is worth it, then I'm sure it'll call for it. But, you know, people might have to buy extra accessories because I, I, I know that they were saying use, use it as like a baseball bat or use it with a fire hose or things like that. But uh, I'm definitely curious to see how developers will be able to utilize it in a way that's positive all around. You know what I mean? But I, I definitely yeah. understand the reservations that you have. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I think that there are some amazing developers out there. I know there are people that will make amazing things with this. So I'm, I, I'm both super excited, but also kind of worried. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so like that, it goes both ways. It's like that that cautious optimism, right? Where you're just not sure, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, the things like things just it's it's incredible how much um, how much things can change in you know six months to a year. So we'll definitely yeah. see you know with the announcement with them coming out. Uh, probably middle of this year, 2017, uh, we'll, we'll be able to see maybe some of those ideas actually come to fruition, which will be really cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I can, um, I'm actually kind of excited about this. Uh, uh, like the Nintendo Switch have this uh, rumble feature. I don't know if, if you've heard about it. It's like, they call it a HD rumble. Uh, I have not, but could you tell me a little bit more uh, yeah, about it? So it's uh, like, you know how controllers can rumble? Yeah, uh, yeah, like okay. have this, yeah. So they have an uh, a better version of that that can rumble uh, in. I don't know how to explain it, but you, you can feel how uh, better how things feel in the game. Like yeah. they, they 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 explain it like you can hold a glass in your controller and shake it to feel like ice cubes in the glass. Wow. Okay. Just, just from the rumble. Uh, so it's kind of gimmicky, and it's Nintendo, but uh, I think you can. Make you use that technology in VR to, uh, yeah, to like yeah, you feel the weight better from a gun or have impact, send a, a sense of impact better if you use the rumble feature mm -hmm. more effectively, because I think that's very difficult uh, from VR uh, conveying like impact or things yeah. like that. Well, like that, the whole haptic feedback is like a big area of focus. I know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, even, even just that, well, I, I know you said it's, it's gimmicky, but like, it's still very, like, it's still such an interesting concept to see if they can integrate like that, the ice cube thing, uh, just cause that'll add such a, such a different feel 
to like, yeah, like you know it'll make people more like immersed in the games or just have a better I don't know just a better overall realism to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what how that develops or uh, how, what we can see from that in the future. I think that that feature would would work very well in VR. So, okay, well, I'll have to look into that because I'm sure if, if the technology is out there, there, there are certainly um, very smart people at these companies who are trying to figure out how to use them uh, within, within the, the headsets and, and the devices. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you for your time, Kevin. Uh, this last, yeah, no problem. This last question is, is really just a, a shameless promotion or plug opportunity for you. Uh, we're we're going to post the... The link to the Steam uh, to the game on Steam in the show notes for anybody uh, who's looking to get the game, and and I would highly recommend it to anybody. It's it's a lot of fun. If you've never tried a local multiplayer game before, uh, this is definitely for you guys. Um, and you know, Ronnie and I have both played this quite a bit, and it's just it adds just such a cool element and dynamic to your VR experiences, especially in group settings. So, um, but Kevin, is there a way that um, People can can stay in touch with you, or you know they they can stay updated with any projects or things that you're working on, or get in touch. You know, just any big fans out there. Uh, yeah, like the best way is probably my Twitter at Kev Krona, or yeah, you can maybe put a link to it. <laughs> yeah, I will we'll definitely uh, do. Yeah, um, but I just want to say, uh, if there's people listening that play my game or play down do and like it, I'm super happy that you've enjoyed the game and I'm really happy for all the great feedback I've got uh, from this game. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to everyone. Well, it is, uh, it is well-deserved. I will say that. So for, for anyone listening, if, if you haven't tried it yet, like I said, I mean, make sure you try it. And for those who, who have tried it, um, I mean, well, now you got the whole backstory for, for how it came together and it just makes the game even that much cooler. So Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, let's definitely stay in touch. Would love to, to yeah. you know, know what, what you're working on in the future and see what, what cool new innovations uh, you got coming down the pipeline. Thanks. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have all of the links in the show notes, so you'll definitely be able to, uh, to follow along there. And uh, just, just go get the game, especially if you've never tried a local multiplayer game. I'm going to keep saying it for Kevin. Just go get the game. It's a lot of fun. All that all that feedback and all the positive uh, reviews and stuff like that. They're, they're all true. It's the game's just a lot of fun. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time.